Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right, welcome into the Buckeye Blitz. I'm Tito Jeff Thidall. Follow me on Twitter at that Happens. Thanks so much for taking time out. Uh, like, let's subscribe, all these things with FanStream Sports, uh, powered by DSP Media. We do a lot of great things here, many different shows. Follow me on Twitter, at that Happens. Follow all these shows we do, though. It's a lot of great products out there that are only going to get bigger and better. We are 79 days away from the start of the college football season with that first Saturday um, that they kind of morphed week zero into week one, um, but uh, 79 days away from that. And we got a lot to talk about today regarding some former Ohio State players. Uh, we'll start off with Bryce Sensiball. He has uh, said he's going to stay in the NBA draft. He is a likely first-round pick, the basketball player from Ohio State. Um, I, I don't think he'll go lower than like 25, probably no higher than 15, though probably somewhere in that range, in the 15 to 25 range. Um, but Sensiball was somebody who, uh, coming out of high school, was not projected to be a one-and-done. It looked like he'd be here for a couple of years. He was so damn good, though. I understand why he is doing it. Um, also, kind of a conflict thing with Ohio State this year, which hasn't happened uh, since 1997. But the Ohio State men's basketball team is going to play on the same day as the game with Michigan in November in the, on the football field up in Ann Arbor. Um, Ohio State's playing in Destin, Florida. They're going to tournament on uh, Friday and Saturday, the 24th and 25th. They're going to play Alabama on Friday night at 7. The, the loser of that game will play uh, either Oregon or Santa Clara, the loser of that one, on Saturday at 4 o'clock. The winner will play the winner at 7 o'clock on Saturday. So we'll really conflict with Ohio State. Just an interesting side note there that doesn't happen very often. The last time it did happen, 1997, when Jim O'Brien was here and Ohio State beat Robert Morris. So um, – Interesting though, Alabama could have conflicted with Alabama though because they have a 3:30 kickoff uh, in all likelihood, not confirmed yet, but in all likelihood, their game with Auburn on the gridiron out of the Big 12. So they are exploring adding Gonzaga and UConn to the Big 12. Now we know that would not do anything for their football. Gonzaga, I don't think he has a football team, and UConn's football team is uh, on their best years. They're mediocre, so they're not looking to really build what they can do on the football, the football print, they're looking more to, to uh, in, enhance the basketball brand, which is interesting to me because they're going that route of maybe um, thinking that, you know what, the SEC and Big Ten are going to rule football. We get that. But we can maybe make a bigger impact in basketball if we had Gonzaga and UConn. Interesting concept. I wonder if at some point we'll get to where the football will just be across the board, a separate entity where you won't have these conferences anymore and it might just be a 60-team Super League for, for football, but then basketball would be different um, and maybe strengthen things that way. So like the Big Ten, if they want to do that, they could talk to Oregon, uh, Duke, North Carolina, schools like that if they were uh, wanted to consider doing something like that. Uh, Jim Harbaugh admitted that Michigan made a mistake. By the way, a team up north, we'll talk about them briefly as much as I hate to do it. We still have to keep our eye on the enemy. But um, Shemi Shembeckler, you might remember him. He is Bo Shembeckler's son who was hired recently as the um, – he was the assistant recruiting director. And then three days later, he was fired by UM after they uncovered some tweets from his past where he was liking a bunch of um, uh, racially insensitive material, among other things. But he was fired after three days. And Shembeckler came out and said that the university did make a mistake. I'm surprised by that because – um, Harbaugh is such a Bo Shembeckler diehard that 
I, I interesting that he would go ahead and apologize uh, and say the university made a mistake regarding something with Shem Beckler. It doesn't happen very often. So um, anyway, uh, Michigan has now gotten rid of the firm they had hired before to uh, do all the background checks and things like that, especially on social media. They've hired a new firm now. The old firm did not uh, uncover any of these things. Or if they did, Michigan tried to sneak it by it. But I'm not sure what the right way to go, what what really happened. I don't know if, if Michigan... Uh, was told about some of these things and ignored it, hoping that no one would catch up to it, or if they were just that ignorant. Either way, bad Michigan. Um, the SEC, by the way, we're going we're gonna to have big news today, and on a podcast about this later on. At 4.30, the Big Ten is going to announce their scheduling for 2024 as they add USC and UCLA into the football mix. So they're going to make a football scheduling announcement at 4.30 Eastern time today. I'm going to podcast right after that. But the SEC, Big Ten's going to stay with nine games, it looks like, though. Just not sure the model. The SEC is staying with eight um, eight conference games for 2023. Now, interesting about this, that uh, I saw this uh, article about this, but out of teams now in the, uh, the conferences now, we have teams that play 10 or more Power 5 opponents in the upcoming year. Okay, so we're talking about teams that play 10 or more. You have 12 regular season games. Teams that are playing 10 or more Power five opponents in 2023. In the ACC, if you include Notre Dame, 10 of those 15 schools are doing that. Um, in the uh, Big Ten, it's 13 out of the 14 are playing at least 10 Power five opponents this season. Um, in the Big 12, it's 11 of 14. Um, in the Pac-12, it's 10 of 12. In the SEC, it's 2 of 14. Georgia's schedule is a joke. Uh, the one Big Ten school that is not playing, that's playing less than 10 Power five opponents, Michigan. Uh, they have uh, East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green on their non-conference schedule. Uh, Florida is uh, one of the two SEC schools that are playing at least 10 Power 5 opponents. Their non-conference is Utah, uh, McNeese, and uh, Charlotte. And then South Carolina is also they have a rival game with North Carolina and then Furman and Jacksonville State. So the scheduling thing is what's interesting about this. I, the SEC, I don't know why they continue to do this. They should go to nine conference games. They should require the teams to play at least 10 Power 5 opponents. Big Ten should do the same thing. All these schools across the board should make that happen, especially in 2024 when you get the expanded playoff where a loss will not hurt you as much. All right, another former Buckeye news. Taylor Mikesell, the um, Ohio State women's basketball player, was drafted in the second round of the WNBA draft and then released before the season started by the Indiana Fever. She's been signed by the Atlanta Dream. Good for her. Hell of an outside shooter. And she, she did great in camp in Indiana. I'm not sure why they chose not to keep her around, other than the fact that it's just it's a numbers game and you get 12 roster spots. 12 roster spots, 12 teams. There's only 144 players in the WNBA, but I'm glad she is back in there now. Um, playing for the Atlanta Dream. Johnny Dixon, former Buckeye, a highly rated recruit. He is now playing in the USFL, and um, he uh, they, they just beat Michigan, and the final score in that game was 24-20, to 20, and he had 136 yards on nine receptions, two touchdowns, so good for Johnny Dixon uh, getting that. Also, um, another note here that uh, Ethan Hammerberg, former pitcher for Ohio State, is now pitching for the Kannapolis Cannonballers, in the Chicago White Sox minor league system. And through his uh, first few outings, he was just on fire and uh, didn't allow any hits um, and had a save and a zero ERA for his first few outings. He got roughed up a little bit last night, but he's pitching well there. Uh, he's made uh, several appearances, four appearances, I believe, so far for Kannapolis. Follow him, though, and see what he does. He uh, was a drafted last year by the White Sox, 
played in the rookie league, expanded rookie camp uh, first part of this year. And then um, now back, like I say, called up to single A, Kittleist down in North Carolina. Uh, James Laurinaitis and um, former Buckeye James Laurinaitis. I can say, I don't even say current Buckeye. I guess, but the linebackers coach there and current Buckeye linebacker, uh, Steel Chambers, won a podcast called Tradition Talk, and they Mount Rushmore of linebackers. Now, uh, Steel Chambers, his Mount Rushmore of Ohio State linebackers, you know, the, the concept behind the whole Mount Rushmore thing is you get to pick four. His are Laurinaitis, Tom Cousineau, Ryan Shazier, and Tommy Eichenberg. So he went with his current coach, uh, a couple of greats, uh, and then uh, Eichenberg, current teammate. Laurinaitis went uh, Cousineau, uh, Randy Gratishar, Chris Spielman, A.J. Hawk. So all great choices. It's, it's hard to do this with Ohio State when you look at a lot of this is generational. Like, obviously, if you're younger, you might not have seen these guys play that we're talking about. Or if you're older, you're probably tilted towards more of the guys that played under uh, Woody Hayes. But Cousineau's a great choice. Cousineau was a fantastic lineup for Ohio State. And um, number one overall pick by the Buffalo Bills the NFL draft, did not want to go to Buffalo. So he went to Canada and played for a few years. The Bills traded his rights to the Browns. He came back down here and eventually played for the Browns after a few years in Canada. But Cousineau, All-American, uh, tremendous player. Chris Spielman's on my list as well. Um, and, uh, you know, Spielman is, if you look back at the numbers he had and some of the tackling numbers he had in games, they just don't happen anymore. Um, someone had uh, he had games over 20 tackles, which never, ever happens anymore. It's just because of the way that the, they rotate people in and out and um, the way the game is played. So Marcus Merrick, Marcus Merrick was a beast also. He was at number 36 also before Spielman, but um, after Cousineau. And Merrick was another guy who put up huge tackle numbers. And then fourth for me is Pepper Johnson. Pepper Johnson for Ohio State unquestioned leader of the defense and had a great NFL career. Then after this, won some rings uh, playing with Bill Parcells. So uh, that's my Mount Rushmore. If you want to drop me yours, follow me at that happens or, you know, text into the show 214-937-0569. Like, listen, comment, subscribe, do all those things. Again, today at 4.30 Eastern time, we're going to get some big news out of the Big Ten about scheduling going forward um, for the football season with 2024 when USC and UCLA join. So I'll have another one out there for you then, but enjoy this. Thanks so much. Appreciate you taking the time out. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.